Hello world, I'm Jared Cunningham. This is the Freelance Forum Spring 2022 podcast and webinar series. Over the years, the Freelance Forum has been made possible by support from the National Union of Journalists and the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. This is episode number 38 on the topic of uh, working and selling into US markets with uh, Jennifer Duggan. Jennifer, welcome. And uh, would you like to tell us a little about yourself to begin? Yeah, so I am based in Dublin at the moment, but I was previously based in New York. Um, I'm an editor at Time magazine. Um, I've been working with Time for about three and a half years now. Um, I currently work um, on the accolades team. So we look after the list like the Time 100, uh, Time 100 companies, uh, world's greatest places. And I also edit uh, the brief section of the magazine, which comes out every two weeks. So the print, the print version of the magazine. Um, and I moved back to Ireland at the start of the pandemic, and I've been working remotely in Ireland since. And that actually, I think, brings me neatly into what I was uh, wanted to talk to you about, which is that a lot of freelancers tend to think in when they're pitching in terms of pitching to Irish newspapers and magazines, maybe to the any other English title, in fact, but. The U.S. tends to be fairly distant, but these days everywhere is a Zoom call or, or an email away. If I wanted to start pitching towards American titles, not necessarily Time magazine, but any American titles, what kind of advice would you give to me or another freelance doing that? I think it's about um, finding the right stories and the right angles. Um, I actually freelanced for two years for US publications in Ireland before I moved to the US, including Time. Um, I also reported for Politico and Bloomberg. Um, prior to that, I lived in China for four years. So I had, as a, as a freelance correspondent with The Guardian, I also worked for The Telegraph, Al Jazeera. And, um, and I used to report for Orti um, as well. So I think that kind of gave me the experience of freelancing um for you know just yeah just as was freelancing for news outlets in general um and finding like interesting angles um that editors are going to like and you get to know you get to know different editors i think the first thing either no matter where you're freelancing for is identifying um gaps so you know i'd look at like i'd look at outlets that um don't have a reporter based in Ireland or that maybe take European coverage. Um, and I think that's kind of the first step is really to kind of look at like, um, look at the market, um, have ideas on where you might like to write for some um, outlets, you know, and also if you have a specialist area. So I also specialize in climate and environment reporting. So I actually did some European um, climate stories when I was based in Ireland before for US outlets um, and they weren't Ireland specific but they didn't have somebody based in Europe and that can work quite well too so I think it's like finding you know the type of stories that you want to write about if you have your own that like a specialty area or if you want to write about news in general um, really kind of do your research first and find out the outlets that you think maybe don't have a correspondent Sometimes outlets have a, a correspondent um, based in the UK that cover Ireland, but they might not necessarily cover Ireland, you know, that regularly or that well. And sometimes ha some ha having like knowledge of Ireland itself um, can really be a help. So that would be the first step. That's what I did when I freelanced here. I started looking at like US outlets um, and UK outlets, but US outlets do 
they, they generally pay a little bit better. And sometimes the stories, like particularly for magazines, you can do, you know, sort of long, you don't get, you might get published that often, but the stories can be longer, longer stories. Um, and that can be quite a nice experience. So I think, yeah, that was the first thing I did was just look at the, at the outlets that might potentially be interested, you know, interested in, in stories from Ireland, or if, like, if you have a particular niche, as I mentioned, um, and I think reach out to editors. Sometimes an introductory email can be helpful. Um, so just to like introduce yourself briefly to an editor, keep it fairly short. You don't need to send them your CV. Um, and that can be quite good because, you know, you're not sending, you're not like going in depth into researching a story idea before you reach out to an editor. So you're not putting a huge amount of work into it, but you're sort of flagging that you're here. And you can kind of gauge a little bit of interest, you know, maybe just start building a relationship with an editor. And you can usually find details of um, editors on Twitter is always a good place to find like who's the editor of what section or what um, publication, who you might reach out to. Sometimes they have their email. Sometimes editors have email addresses. I actually do for time I have my email address on my Twitter account and um, so quite often they do or you can even contact people um, directly through direct message on Twitter um, and kind of you know do your research off their publications and what sort of things they're interested in um, I think for the US it can be very useful to have some sort of a US angle and it doesn't have to be like a specific mention of the US but it can be related to a story that's very topical in the US. Um, I covered the abortion referendum here quite a bit and that's you know with challenges um, for Roe versus Wade that's in the US like that's a story that's you know quite off of interest. US publications are always interested in are generally quite interested in Ireland actually um, there's you know those sort of long-standing connections so things like Northern Ireland can be of interest, the Good Friday Agreement, or, you know, there's so many tech companies based here, US tech companies based here now, there's always like technology angles as well. And of course, we have a direct line into Brexit too, since we're the only country to share a land border with the UK. And and that's the thing too, is to think about Europe as well, because quite often, and, you know, even, even like publications outside of the US, like, I worked in Asia for four years and there's plenty of English speaking publications in other parts of the world. Um, so sometimes, you know, if there's to that, you know, it does, you don't, like you said, you don't need to keep yourself restricted to like just Irish publications. I think it's always worth like kind of having a think and just being smart about like tailoring pitches. Um, and I think it's worth, it's worth being smart with your time, you know, and thinking about like, if you have a, a story idea that you think is really good and then think about the outlet that it might be suited to. And just because you get a no one place, it doesn't mean that somewhere else won't be interested in it. You might need to tailor it slightly differently, but it can be, it can be worth casting a wide net. I think we, like you said, it's particularly now post COVID, I think we don't need to be restricted by being located in a, in the same place as the outlet. And it's not also hasn't been as easy for journalists to travel either because of COVID. So quite often being on the ground somewhere like in Ireland and you want to pitch an Ireland related story somewhere, um, a lot of journalists, like it mightn't have been covered or there might have been outlets that might previously have sent somebody to cover stories. But because of the last couple of years, they haven't done that. Is it just because of the path that your particular career took or is it uh, a more general characteristic that I noticed that in Ireland, uh, freelancers tend to sort of end up concentrating more on uh, feature stories, that kind of things. Whereas what you were describing are quite a lot of, you know, fairly hard political stories. 
Are American outlets looking more for political stories? Are they looking for, you know, the personal impact of a profile of a story, like a profile of someone affected by a law regulation? Or is it just a, a sampling effect because it happens to be you rather than someone else that I'm talking to, do you think? Um, I think I think both. Um, I think often, um, like I, I have a background in news, so that was always kind of my, um, the area I probably know best. But having said that, Features in the US quite often, like news features, do have very personal stories. I wrote um, about the abortion um, campaign for Marie Claire magazine. That was a pretty long, in-depth feature with speaking to quite a lot of different people um, who had been impacted by, um, you know, kind of restrictions, abortion restrictions, but also people involved in the campaign. So a lot of a lot of color. So I think it can be I think it can be either. I think I do think the US has like a very long history of of really good feature writing um so i think even if you have a news story like you can i think bringing color and personal stories into it is is really effective um but i think there is it depends on the outlet and i think there i just happen to write mostly for news publications because that was my background but i definitely think strong feature writing stories there's you know whether it's news or, or not news i think there is interest in 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 strong features and i think a lot of like a lot a lot of features you, you don't necessarily need to, they, they may not necessarily be based on your certain location. You know, if you have an area that you're particularly interested in, be it technology, that these just things are coming to mind, but, or something else, you, you know, you can quite often, there's, you know, there's a real interest in, in, in different topics, like, like the world of work, I think is an area that's really interesting, for example, at the moment, um, so you don't necessarily, for a lot of topics, if you have an area that you have an expertise or an interest in, you don't necessarily need to be based somewhere. Um, if you have a smart idea, like editors are always looking for smart ideas. So if you have a smart idea um, and you package it like, in a, you know, really well, um, an editor is going to be interested. You know, you could very possibly get interest from from an editor. What kind of stories are you working on at the moment? What, what, what European stories are, are hot at the moment for Americans? Um, well, obviously, yeah, well, I think Ukraine just sort of supersedes everything at the moment. Um, we, um, at time, we've had um, stories on, we, we had a recent story on um, France. We have a reporter based in, in France on Macron, their upcoming election there. So they would generally be quite newsy um, for time. It's, um, I think, probably the, like, big events like elections, Hungary's election, France's election, and then primarily um the uh the, primarily ukraine um would be the, the biggest focus in europe at the moment and presumably not just like the war itself but also things like i mean on my own personal facebook i saw a hotel in Donegal, which was welcoming a lot of families in the last weekend and it was almost spontaneously just um a from, from a news item that one person had posted and that within a few hours there were like 20 30 people all talking about where they could get supplies and what do they need and just organizing this spontaneous welcome thing which i thought was quite an interesting phenomenon uh, so presumably stories like that as well not just the hardship of the war yeah yeah, not just the hardship of the war. There, we have definitely focused on things around, you know, in like different angles around obviously people leaving. Um, we've had reporters go to Poland and, and surrounding countries. Um, and and also, um, you know, some stories about impacts in Russia. Um, I think we had an interview with previously with an editor of um, 
one of like an independent newspaper in Russia and they've now been forced to, to close down. Um, so lots of lots of other things like that, like technology stories as well, supply chain stories. Um, so yeah, you don't have to, you know, with this with a story um, as big as Ukraine, it doesn't just have to be about the the like as you mentioned the hardship of war, the attacks. Um, there, there's also very very many interesting angles that can be, and I think that's always the way to look at any area you're covering, be it a geographical area or a subject area, is to find, you know, kind of unique angles. They don't necessarily have to be big angles. They can be, you know, small, like um, very focused angles. But if there's something that isn't somebody else isn't doing, they can often, you know, be picked up and really interest. Like that's a, a way for a freelancer to kind of get noticed by a publication as well. Um, you know, there could be like an unusual impact of the war that somebody hasn't thought of that you haven't seen somewhere because it, 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 it's such a big event that's going to have such massive ripple effects across Europe and across the world. If you were starting off again, breaking into US markets, what would you do differently the next time? What stories, do you, what lessons do you think you picked up that were useful? Yeah, it took me, it took me time. I think I sort of, you know, I had started writing for US um, outlets when I was in China. And then I, and I sort of, I think, Probably, I think, like I said, the US really do like um, stories like with characters, you know, and I think quite often at the start, I would pitch stories that just were um, like a topic. That's the other thing. It was to, to I was I was pitching a topic, not a story. So I think very much to have like um, and I think that goes for not just probably US publications, but certainly that that is um, a very strong feature of of US publications. Um, you see it across The New York Times, The Washington Post um right down to like smaller outlets or different types of outlets um and often I would I would pitch um yeah a topic and the odd time a really nice editor would kind of say you know like what's the angle so I think be very clear on your angle and your story and why you know that was something that took me a while to learn and if I was to go back and do it again I think that was that's something that I've I would definitely know better um and I probably wasted a lot of time uh figuring that out but I think to have a very clear angle very clear story very clear characters and I think as a freelancer too it can be really helpful to explain why you like why you should like just very briefly say why why you're the person to tell this story um whether you have like a unique position be it on the ground or you have contacts or you know and you, it doesn't necessarily need to be just like a geographical um input uh, like a geographical position either um I've written quite a bit about climate um climate change and climate science and I've reported on stories that weren't based in Ireland but because I had contacts um a story come up and you know by having a particular contact um that you have access to can can be helpful um but yeah that's something I a lesson I could have learned sooner and and, and would definitely be advice that I would I would uh, give to anybody wanting to break into a US market you know I think it can be one thing I think about reporting from Ireland is I think just have an open mind I think that's the thing and, and don't restrict yourself to um you know where you can write for as a freelancer um and I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I learned as a freelancer um, that and also like take take risks a little bit like reach out to if you have a publication that you've always wanted to write for like take I would do your research and I would take time to you know get to get to know like and what kind of pitches and do a bit of research on Twitter it's always worth looking at like what 
who's writing for them, what freelancers write for them, what kinds of stories they contribute. But I think like, don't, don't hold yourself back. Like either, like, you know, if you have somewhere you've always wanted to write for it, like put in a bit of effort and work into it, but certainly like go for it. Um, and definitely keep an open mind. Like don't just think about publishing to or pitching to the same publications that you have always pitched to or that other people pitch to like think outside the box and if nobody else is doing it it doesn't mean that like a publication won't isn't interested it just means it could just mean that like they haven't been pitched before on Ireland or a particular topic um and you know there's no harm in sending an introductory email and you know being like hey you know this is me a bit about you and would you be potentially interested in freelance stories um and even ask the rate for stories as well that's another thing I think as freelancers we tend to um you know sometimes just be grateful that somebody will publish our work but uh you know getting paid is important and uh making a living is important so I think it's always it's always okay to ask what the rate is where would you find the names of Places to pitch to. I mean, everyone will think off the top of their head of, you know, the New Yorker, the New York Times, the, the large brands. Time, obviously, again, would be another one. That You know, those brands that if, you, if you're reading Twitter, you're going to see articles from them popping up. But there's going to be a lot of other outlets, a lot of other websites that you're not going to be aware of, particularly if you're not in the U.S., because they're very U.S.-centric, perhaps. Are there ways to find those um the one that comes to mind for me is there's a twitter account and a, a linked website who pays writers which just lists terms and conditions and it's just a, apart from anything else it's a handy list of websites that are paying freelancers although it's a bit quiet at the moment are there others like that that would come to mind that you could look at no I've heard that and I when I freelanced um that was something I went to I think like if it depends on what you're you're pitching on um like coming back to what I know which is climate and environment I kind of would you know Twitter I found really helpful because I would look at like maybe where other people were like tweeting stories from um or um talking to other freelancers as well like sometimes there can be good networks of freelancers internationally um for a while I was a member of the um Society of Environmental Journalists in the U.S. so things like that can be quite good and they often have um freelance rates to join um which is cheaper than because sometimes those types of um, memberships can be quite expensive but as a freelance as a freelance member so there's quite a few organizations like that there's the online news organization I think it's called in the U.S. Um, there's there's a number of news organizations like that and and those can be quite good I think networking with other freelancers through quite often there's listservs or newsletters um, can be quite good connecting with people on LinkedIn can be can be good too Um, and I think you know you can even just search for like you know news outlets as well Um, and you know they're like yeah there's a huge media landscape in the US both in terms of like news or different topics um and you know more like local news like you know on a state level um you know there would be there's so many newspapers so it's worth kind of doing a hunt around and I think Twitter is just such a useful tool for um finding out who an editor is and LinkedIn obviously but I think Twitter can be can be quite a nice way to connect with people um and to and you know and then you can see also like you get a feel for um what an editor is tweeting about like you might get a, a 
an idea of what they're interested in. You might also see a call for pitches. That's actually how I started writing for Time. Um, they had a new um, Europe editor at the time and he was looking for freelance pitches. Um, and that was so that was how I initially connected with Time. So it's definitely worth like following editors, seeing what they're tweeting um, and even reaching out through DMs as well. Okay. All right. Uh, Jennifer Duggan, thanks for talking to me. And uh, to everyone else listening, stay safe and take care. This has been the Freelance Forum podcast with Jared Cunningham. The forum is brought to you by the Dublin Freelance Branch of the National Union of Journalists and made possible by network funding from the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland Sector Learning and Development Programme. Music is from podsummit.com released under a Creative Commons Zero license into the public domain. I'm Jared Cunningham. Thanks for listening. Take care and stay safe. Mm-hmm.